Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on blogtalkradio.com. This is the Middleman Radio with the Middleman Talk Show. This is your boy, Al. And this is Jen. Hey, I think it's just us. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's going good. You know, getting ready for virtual school, uh, kids getting ready to go back, but one's going to be working at home for me, so I'm going to have an at-work home partner, so that's going to be interesting. All right, so uh, I guess you got all your, you know, his side of the room decorated, you know, to make it look like it's a classroom for him, to make him ready for this virtual learning. Like, is he excited? Yeah, he's got a desk, computer. He's all set up. He's got his little office ready. So he's ready. I'm ready. So we're ready to go. Amen. And shout out um, to everybody that's having, like, that do virtual school um, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, it's not going to be a like a cakewalk. We had an orientation last week. It's going to be hard. Right. But I know, you know, whether you made the decision to go back to school or to, you know, do virtual school or to do a hybrid, you know, this year is going to be difficult. So prayers and, you know, just strength to every parent out there who is going to be, and teachers as well, and <laughs> um, school staff that's, that's going to be faced with that decision this year. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a change, but I think it's going to be something good which we could, you know, build on. Um, you know, I always try to find the positives out of everything. At least, you know, um, you know, families can spend more time together, um, you know, going together. Also, too, this, this could possibly give, you know, parents a little bit more understanding of what, you know, the kids are learning at the school. Um, because I'm pretty sure you all would be tuning in virtually as well just to listen to see what a typical day would look like. So, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to it, and you know, I feel like uh, you know we've mastered the old way of doing things. Um, so now, I mean, this is something else that we can master. You know, as a people, um, that we can teach anywhere and teach any child anywhere. So um, we got to move forward, man. We got to move forward. So um, yeah, we do. What about Kamala Harris? <laughs> Yeah. I know we've been buzzing I mean, all week about it. I know we haven't spoke about it. So what do you think, Al? 
Um, look, I'm I'm excited, man. I feel like, um, you know, I knew that you know Kamala was going to get you know selected as well. Um, I just had a feeling that that was probably going to happen. Um, but I do feel like uh, we are trying to find a way to move our nation into a better place. Um, you know, some people have made you know several remarks. You know, and you know, like you have. So this is what I see, Jay. You know, I want to speak to this standpoint. So, of course, you have people who have their opinions about people in general, right? There's always going to be something that somebody is going to say about, you know, a person in a public figure, right? They're, they're going to find something, some type of dirt. They're going to find something that people don't necessarily agree with and use that against them. And that's what I've been seeing all week. I mean, of course, we've seen throughout the whole presidential you know, uh, race with the Democratic, you know, race, um, you know, things came out there. But, um, like, I just feel like it's more of an attack instead of support, if that makes sense. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, I say this. I don't care if he picks a hippopotamus. Like I, I'm going to vote for Biden. Like anybody but 45, mm-hmm. and that's that's where I stand. That's where I'm at. Uh, anything has to be better than what we have right now. Uh, and I hope people. I truly understand people's apprehension with Kamala Harris. Um, but I, I say that please don't make the same mistake that people made four years ago <laughs> with Hillary Clinton. You're not going to be eating right. dinner with Kamala Harris. She's not coming over to your house. She's not a, being. Runner up for your BFF. This is a very serious matter that will affect generations to come. And put your personal like feelings aside from some of the issues that you may have had with policies or decisions she made. And make the most important decision is that is and that is to remove forty five from office. Nothing trumps that. No pun intended. I, I agree. I agree. And um, <laughs> like just to see some of these folks, man, I'm thinking like, OK, first and foremost, like our whole mindset initially was to get 45 out of office. But now you still have, you know, and you can respect people's decisions on who they want, you know, office to vote for and stuff like that. But of course, you have people who are on the fence now. Um, you know, they were, you know, voting democratically. Now they're on the fence about, you know, whether or not they are still going to support you know, Joe Biden, because he selected, you know, Kamala Harris. And so um, I just feel like we, like you said, Jen, like we got to get 45 up out of there or we'll be in the same situation like how we did with Hillary. You know, uh, we'll be in the same All predicament work. again. All and work. we do not need that to happen. And so uh, I, cannot, no. I cannot take another four years of Donald Trump in office. I can't. I can't, man. I, to, to be honest with you, I think more than just, you know, the annoyance of him and, like, the things that he does and some of the things that he says, I think our democracy is in danger. I don't see – if mm. he is elected, I think if our democracy survives another four years mm-hmm. of him, I will be surprised. And if even if it does survive, at the end of another four years, I think it will be so broken that it will be hard for America to – move forward you know america with all of its you know things that are wrong with it it's still one of the greatest experiments of democracy in in world history and i think that it will fail the experiment will fail once 
Donald Trump is in office another four years. And I just, I don't see it happening. You see where our country is divided. We're on the brink of these little race wars breaking out everywhere. And on the topic of today, did you see where in Atlanta, Georgia, we had armed protesters, you know, Mm -hmm. attack each other on Stone Mountain. And I think that goes right into what we're talking about today and gun ownership and the importance of it. So, um, Tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about today and, and our guests. So um, if you all did, did not get a chance to check out our previous show, Black Gone on the Ship, part one that aired on May May 10th, um, you can definitely go back and check out that show. Uh, great show. We had some great guests and um, great discussion on that show about the necessary the necessity of becoming a gun owner also you know steps in which you should take in order to become one also what type of guns in which a first-time gun owner should get you know we had a great discussion about that but today we want to get a little bit deeper so um you know we are officially the fastest uh rising gun owner demographic in the united states as of right now so there was a report that was sent out last week about the rise in black gun ownership And so between um, increased concerns about COVID-19, coupled with the deaths of George Floyd, Amon Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, um, black people are like, we're taking, you know, our rights as gun ownership seriously. And so we are actually out there buying these guns. We're going to try to get, um, you know, our gun license and things like that so we can protect ourselves and protect our families. So some of the things which we want to dig a little bit deeper into this particular topic today is... Where are some of the safe places for us to go and train? Should we learn, I mean, excuse me, should we lean on our expertise of our black veterans and our black police officers? Also, too, um, how involved should black people be in the political aspects of the Second Second Amendment rights? Uh, what business opportunity does this present for us, such as black gun clubs, training academies, ranges, uh, and actual manufacturing of guns? Uh, will the image of black men and women with firearms ever be truly viewed equally with that of our white counterparts? So we definitely uh, want to get into that discussion today. Uh, the phone lines are open. You can dial 516-387-1542. Press the number one on your phone and we'll definitely get to you if you have a question or a comment. Um but we definitely want to go ahead and get into this particular topic. We do have a potential guest that will be um, discussing this topic with us today. But we're going to go ahead and uh, move a little bit forward with the topic of the day. So um, as far as um, black gun ownership with the, in relation to what we discussed last time about the importance of, you know, uh, having a gun, making sure that you are trained properly, you know, the safety measures and places, you know, to possibly go and get one. Um, you know, Jane, I know that you are a mother of two, you know, little boys. Like, what is your concern as far as being a mother? Um, you know, have you had, you know, that thought or maybe that urge to actually go and get a gun yourself? Yes, in fact, I have. Um, I wanted to, before I went and got one, though, I wanted to educate myself a little bit, you know, on having a gun in my home, um, how Mm -hmm. to use it. And also, I want my children to be educated. You know, um, in in my life, you know, I have coworkers um, who have children who are in gun clubs, um, shotgun Mm -hmm. tournaments. 
um, teens. I didn't even know that, you know, until like maybe a year or two ago that that even existed. And I definitely want my children to be educated on um, the safety of guns, gun ownership as well. Um, But I am curious. I don't know where to start. Now, I see a lot of online classes now. I know you can look on Facebook, Instagram. There are a lot of advertisements for, you know, conceal and carry classes. You know, have you taken one of those classes, Al? Like, what happens? Have you taken a gun safety class? You know, the difference... Right, so so that is my next step. You know, my wife and I recently, you know, went and purchased our own, you know, firearm for our home. Um, you know, I grew up in a home where, you know, my mother really necessarily did not, um, you know, care for guns in our home. So I really never just, like, just had that experience as a youth. Now, I was able to shoot guns, like, with my uncles and things like that. But as far as, you know, being educated, uh, as a youth all the way up to now, no. So this is my first experiment with actually having something of my own. And, you know, my wife and I, we definitely are uh, eager to uh, move forward with these steps in order for us to become comfortable with holding the gun, shooting the gun, and be, you know, safe in our home. Uh, now, there are places um, up here where I live um uh, close by Memphis that actually have spots. But, you know, I want to feel you know, comfortable with being able to go to a, to a spot where, um, where I feel like, uh, you know, the person who is there is, you know, open arms and welcoming and, and all of that, because I want to feel comfortable and not walk in and then the music stop. You get what I'm saying? Because of where, you know, I live. So, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that's my thing. Like, but, you know, I've also have, you know, uh, fraternity brothers and friends who have, I guess you would say, um, open areas within their own land in which they shoot at. So we have had talks about that. So I would say, you know, another avenue is, you know, search your friends, like see where they go, see if they have particular spots in which, you know, um, you can actually go shoot and train. But um, I guess you just have to do your research, man. Like, like you said, joining these black gun owner clubs and um, you know asking these particular questions so you can form relationships with people to go to some of these places so um, so yeah, one I of my biggest fears to, to is, is not knowing the law like I think that like right. how Correct. educated do I have to be in the law like of carrying a gun how do I be responsible and how do I not find myself in a sticky situation where I may be breaking the law um, by owning a gun or carrying a gun um, and I guess we lean to our experts uh, to to educate us about that and, and to know where to go. What's up, everybody? We're gonna bring in, yeah, you know, we're gonna bring in our special guests as well. We also have um, Kev and Nick in the studio with us. Um, Nick, would you like to bring in our special guest? Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, our special guest today is the owner of um, Hullum Hullum Mobile Firearm Academy, Uh, and his name is uh, Jeffrey Hullum. Do we have him on the line yet? Yes, I'm here, Nick. Hey, hey, what's going on, Jeff? Hey, I can't complain. Just sitting here going over some stuff. Okay, okay. Um, and and so for uh, just to provide a little bit of context, because we've actually spoken uh, about another organization that Jeff is 
has led before, if you guys have remembered, I've talked before about Extend a Hand Help a Friend, who does a lot for the community down here. Jeff is also the uh, CEO of Extend a Hand Help a Friend, and he's now expanded mm-hmm. into helping um, a, a lot of our people with the questions that Jen is asking, things about gun ownership, how to shoot, knowing the laws. And, uh, Jeff, I just wanted to know if you could just, like, Talk to us a little bit about Hello Mobile Firearm Academy and, you know, what it is that you're doing and what as gun owners and potential gun owners, uh, being black, that we need to look out for. Okay, first I want to say um, I thank you all for allowing me to come on and share some of my experience and knowledge about firearms with you, especially firearm safety. But I get right into it. I created uh, Hello Mobile Firearm Academy because of the state of Mississippi. We have a lot of injustice going on, and most of it is directed towards our African-American women. And everybody should be able to defend themselves at all costs. You know, and there's more to it than just getting a gun. You got to know how to execute that gun and make sure that gun safe in the home around kids and around people who's not, you know, potentially you know, embracing two firearms. So what I have done is taken my uh, 22 years, of combat experience out the United States Army with six combat deployments, and I'm bringing it to my local community, but further the minority communities, you know, to help, but we'll train anybody. We educate everyone on the standard of the Mississippi law. In the state of Mississippi, Mississippi is a constitutional carry state, meaning you don't have to have a concealed weapon permit as long as a person is not a felon in the state of Mississippi. You can conceal carry or you can open carry. That's that's great in the state of Mississippi for African American women because during the holiday season, who are those most vulnerable, targeted uh, people? Those are the women that's out shopping, the older people. Typically, you expect a man to have you know a firearm on them at all times. That's that's just the nature of the beast. A man can protect himself. But for gun gun ownership, the women is outpacing the men when it's coming to buying and purchasing firearms. And for a woman, you got to make sure she purchased the right firearm. You know, it got to be something that fits comfortable in her hand, something that she can maneuver, something that she's not afraid of, and something that can be sealed in a clutch or purse or in their waistband when they're working out. You know, and the caliber of the gun is what the woman should be mostly concerned about. She shouldn't get a gun because it's cute, pink, purple, green. No, she should get a, a firearm that's conducive to stopping and reducing the threat and helping her defend her family herself. And for as a male at the same time, a male should not get a gun just because it's the name of the gun. It should be one that he should be able to operate and manipulate to do what he needs to do, which is protecting his family. So my thing is, firearm states as a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, they have always tried to hinder African Americans from buying firearms or personal firearms. Because one thing a firearm does, a firearm, you know, it levels the playing field. You know, it's best to have a firearm and not use it than need it and not have it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I know I went on to a litany of things, so there's something particular that y'all want me to touch on. Yeah, so I have a question, uh, Mr. Harlem. So um, in, in searching for a place to go and get trained, you know, where you will feel welcome? Like, what type of uh, places or how would someone go and search for a gun club for them or a gun training camp for them that that in which they feel comfortable being invited to? 
And that's the thing. I'm glad you asked that question because what I found out in getting my insurance down here, there's no African-American firearm instructor, singular, that's training. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to wait till next week till we start training because we had to get the insurance out of Alabama. You know, and we have a firearm wow. range. That's any, any local, you call your city, call any local firearm. Like for us, we have to go to Pash Christine. That's where we do most of the training. But the people who does the training there, the price is so expensive. You know, we, we already mm-hmm. have, like, a family going trying to feed their family. But to go train at $50 an hour, that's ludicrous. You know what I'm saying? When, when you pay for the bullets, when you pay for the time on the range, you pay for IPRO. You know, so we came with a thing of, if you want to train in the afternoon, just basic training, I will teach you how to fire that weapon, how to break that weapon down, how to manipulate that weapon. But when it comes to the going to get your enhanced carry, we all class is $85 for a female, $100 for a male, and 20% discount each participant. Reason being, because I'm military uh-huh. trained. The NRA standards is $150 a person. You know, and that's the best thing. Some people... You know, we've been doing this for like two weeks now. We haven't charged anyone because we're at the stage point right now which minorities have to be able to defend themselves. All people have to defend themselves, but minorities more right. than ever, you know, because we have so many people attacking our women, attacking our teenagers, and they should be able to defend themselves. You know, so what i tell you, you can reach out to, to the police station because the police department trains people as well. Local police can't. They don't tell people. At least they don't tell that openly in other states that I don't live in. But in Gulfport, you know, they put it out every now and then. But if you're not on the city website, you will never see it. But they offer training too. I'm listening, sir. Right. So um, I also have another question with that. So um, how are you guys, um, or what? How would you recommend a person to get involved who may have a fear of being around guns? Um, who may necessarily, you know, possibly need one due to where they stay, due to, you know, family recommendations. How do you get those people aligned with um, wanting to get a gun and actually get the training they need? Okay, great. And I can tell by that voice, that, that, that's my buddy Rob. That's Rob answered that, asked that question. So, so what I would tell you is this. The best thing, we had a woman last week we took, she was afraid of firearms, her... Family member was a victim of gun violence, so she used fear to fire So what we did, we brought her to the range, and I was training another female, and I had her to stand on side her with the earplugs on. And I said, okay, this gun, as long as you don't pull the trigger, this gun will never go off. This gun, mm. you go over the five basic fundamentals of firearm safety. And then you, you, you let her see someone else who's afraid of firearms fire firearm. And then you take it and you say, okay, let's do this one for me. I want you to fire this firearm one time. Before you fire that firearm, I'm going to put this in your mind. You're at the mall. It's holiday season. Somebody approaching you at your car. You got to defend your family. So are you going to let your fear mm-hmm. stop you from protecting your family? Or are you going to let your fear right. let them kill you like fight or flight? And you train them from up close. And then one of the females, once she started got comfortable, I stood outside her and I fired a weapon right on side of her while she was firing her weapon, but from a safe distance. Mm-hmm. And I said, did that bother you? She said, no. I said, that's just how it is. Because nine times out of ten, <clears throat> when a person breaks into your home, they're going to be within three to five feet. So you're going to be able to get the shot off on them before they get the shot of you because you got the element of surprise. 
When a Correct. person can approach you or attacking you at the mall, they coming out their firearm out. Most times they coming to grab and then they pull their firearm. As long as you pull your firearm out, they'll be ready. Perfect. Like yesterday, I got a call. I'm so 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 pleased with a woman shooting her backyard, and a gentleman was coming through the the woodland area, and she was able to pull her firearm out, and she yelled at him, told him to stop. The man took another few steps, and what she did, she took one step forward, a move step forward, and she did a hand step to the left, and she said, I will fire, and the man turned around and shot off. Now, just think if she wouldn't have had that weapon. And this is a person who didn't want to have a weapon nowhere around the house because he got mm. young boys. Mm. But she called a family right. that. Right, right. told her about the holiday thing. Then the mental block allowed her to somewhat defend out a would-be assailant or aggressor, you know, so... You have to wow. make the best way to get them to do is not talk to them. It's put them on the range because it ain't the gun that they're afraid of most time. Most time it's the sound that that weapon going off. You know, all mm. they're thinking about, oh, this person got killed with a gun, so the gun just accidentally went off. No gun naturally accidentally goes off. As long as you don't chamber around, as long as you don't put, you don't put no thing on the trigger, you can throw a gun against the wall. That gun scientifically cannot fire. So if you teach them the basics of firearm safety, the basics of when you pull that firearm, you got to be willing to kill what you're aiming at. You also got to be mindful right. of what's behind what you're aiming at. Never put your finger in that fire firearm trigger well until you're ready to fire that weapon. And then you got to think safety first. Everybody, mm-hmm. it's best to educate your kids early about the importance of firearm. This is not TV. You don't get a do-over. You know what I'm saying? A firearm is real. Because a lot of kids these days are not real. afraid of firearms because of what they see on TV. But they not know TV right. is notional. It's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? So if you teach them and show them the effects and advantages of a firearm, they'll have more respect for a firearm. You know? I agree. And that, that leads into my question is, what's a good age to start? Like, I have two young sons. I think they're a little young. They're two and eight, so it's basically a two-year-old. But what age should I start introducing them into gun education? What do you recommend? My thing when it comes to gun education, I think you should start as early as five years old. And when I say five years old, you go through baby steps. You let them see because the kids are very smart. And the average five-year-old today got the mindset of a 10-year-old from yesterday. So you let them see this is nothing to play with. If you see like if you see this, come tell mommy. If you see this, come tell daddy. You stay away from them. You start mm-hmm. yelling. You know what I'm saying? And as they get older, you start experiencing more and more because you can come down here to Mississippi and go to Academy Sports. You can go to Dad's Pawn Shop. You can go to High Caliber. You see we it? have them um, mm-hmm. Caucasian kids in there at 10 years old. They buying 22 rifles for them. They bring them up early. Most people think it's for hunting. Yes, for hunting, but also who knows what they train them kids when they're out there in the wood line. So we have to start teaching our kids at an early age. Start thinking about the youngest thing when you look on the news. The youngest age of kids shooting themselves with their parents' firearms, plundering in their parents' purse, you know, plundering in a car, plundering things. They have people that's under five, six years old shooting, they, accidentally shooting themselves with a firearm because the parent had a loaded firearm yep. in the house, you yep. know. So what I tell you, five, you can introduce it to them, but really at seven, eight years old, when a kid really knows, you know, if they play a video game, they can know what a firearm is. That's the simplest way I can say it. How you doing, Mr. Holloman? Uh, this is Kevin. Um, got a question for you. 
Um, I know Jen yeah. was talking about the young kids and, um, you know, having firearms around the house. Uh, for safety rights or safety concerns, uh, what do you think, what would you recommend for means to keep the gun secure from the kids just in case they do have that curiosity beyond you explaining it to them and uh, telling them about it? Uh, do you recommend okay. any safes or, or anything of that nature, like any cables or what What do you say? Yeah. I would recommend, first, first thing first, if you have kids in the home, never, never, never have loaded firearms. Always have the magazine separate from the weapon. All right, just like in the state of Alabama, you got to have a firearm in the front and the magazine in, excuse me, in the trunk. So in the house, you need to get a lockbox. You can go to Walmart, Academy, and one good store. You can get a lockbox or a money box. And get, you want a key. A key. Combination states are good, but kids know how to manipulate combination states to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So get a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Also, if you get the, the cable that comes with the firearm, you run the cable through the magazine with a locker. That weapon cannot be fired. You can't even get a bullet and that can't get your hand in there. You know, <laughs> when it comes to a shotgun, the best thing for home defense is a shotgun. That's the best thing mm. for home defense. And the reason why I say the best for home defense because nine times out of ten, it's only two things you're going to protect. You're going to protect your home and you're going to protect your vehicle. That's just like in a concealed carry with a, a handgun. But for your shotgun, you can have a, a safe. Like me, I have several guns. And all my guns, I got either a cable lock on them or I have some type of tube. And you got tube that you can put down in there to make sure don't go, don't, the rounds can't be chambered or the weapon can't be fired. But like I said again, the best thing for if you got kids at home is get a a lockbox, they said a lockbox, you can get one at uh, Walmart, you can get them at Academy, any sporting goods mm-hmm. store, you can sell them. Or even if you got one of the money bags, you can put one in a money bag and put a, put a lock on it, you know. And huh. if you got kids in the home, never keep your uh-huh. firearm under the bed. Never keep it in the trestle drawer because typically that's where a kid going to go to, you know what I'm saying, depending right. on the age of it, just one how do you feel about uh, biometric boxes, the ones that, you know, you have to use your thumbs and and fingers to, to open it up? How do you feel about those? I think that that's a, a, sticky situation, a sticky situation. That'll be good if you're a single person. But if you're um, a married couple or you're a couple and just think of your spouse or your significant other had to get in there when you're not there and they can't get in it, that'll be bad. They ain't able to defend themselves. You know, and just think another thing, <clears throat> them enhanced uh, security features is great and wonderful for technology. But think about this. Once you get nervous and something happens, no matter who you are, you're going to get nervous when fear stands upon you. Are you going to be able to look in there and remember all the steps compared to you going into a draw, pulling your firearm, moving moving the pin out, and doing what you need to do to go negotiate that target? So that's going to be an individual effort. I wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't do it. And I love guns. I go out to shoot at least three times a week just for the fun of it. But I would never do that because what happens if let's say somebody's robbing you and they knock you in the eye? It's don't lean up, you know? Okay. Yeah, because I know some of the ones that I've seen, um, I know that you can have multiple people on it. Uh, the newer mm-hmm. ones that I've seen, you know, you can have multiple, like, like how you have the biometrics on your phone. 
Uh, but so you're saying it, it was kind of, I understand, the, the, like you said, the fight or flight syndrome. Um, when you do, have you ever encountered a situation like that where you had to kind of get your firearm out in the haste? And, and you know, what, what are some good tactics to practice with that if you have to get it out in the haste and the situation get a little sticky? Well, I'll tell you, since I've been a civilian, retired, I, mean, I have not had to pull my firearm on nobody since I've been back in Mississippi. But in the military, like I say, six deployments, I have utilized my weapon in combat several times. And I, I'm glad I had that training because when I was in Atlanta, Georgia, I had an incident at the gas station. And the guy was coming up asking for change. I had no problem giving the man change. But I also knew that they had this thing called a slider where people go in one, you pump gas on one side, they slide it across the other side. But me, I carry mm-hmm. the field. So the guy went from asking for change to start reaching. And when he, when he started reaching, everything for me just like, went, like slowed down. I took my step back. I pulled my fire on, put my one hand up, say, hey, stop. Because I don't want to kill no, no African American if I don't have to. Somebody else, right. hey, I might just don't do what I got to do. At least I was no, man. Hey, stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, and the dude, when, I, when he started at 45, he just back and said, man, I apologize. All right, man, go on about your business. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't with that. I ain't from here. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because you never know how you're going to react. You can practice, practice, practice all day. But you never know how you're right. going to react until you're in that situation. But one thing I'll tell you, if you pull your firearm, be prepared to use that firearm. If you shoot a person, be always shoot twice. You got to shoot them twice. And, and for anybody on this call, remember, people, people want to be precision shooters. Like, they want to be able to hit you three times in the chest, three times in the heart. When you're training a first-time firearm or you're training a female, you need to teach them how to shoot from two to seven. Two is the chest, seven is the stomach. You hit anybody two times in one of those spots, they're going to stop. So all this mm. precision shoot, I want to shoot them, get the score, the shot group, all that. You don't need all that. You know, that that, that stuff is even military fans finish you just three times in the same spot. You know? Yeah, that's true. But that's, that's true. Saying, when you come, I'm listening. Um, one thing I know you were saying as far as the tactic with uh shooting and how to shoot, and I know earlier, um I, I just got in the studio with the guys, but I was listening to uh the part where you were saying, you know, the type of gun that you would need and, and choosing the right gun. Um, does that play a big factor in your aim as far as where you need to shoot someone? Because if somebody go by a judge opposed to maybe a nine, they need to know what they buy. Like you said, don't buy it by the name, but know what gun fits you. But is that a, a situation where you have to worry about that aim where you, like you said, two up, yeah. two down, or two up, seven down? So, so is that so a factor? Do because I'm going to tell you, when you fire, you fire a judge, that bullet on that judge and the recall on that judge, no matter which judge you get, that, that recall is going to snap your wrist all the way back. So that means you, you can be point blank on them. And when you fire that judge, that judge is going to automatically kick up. It's automatically going to kick up. That's going to change the trajectory of the bullet. For as a nine, a nine don't have that much recall on it. You know what I'm saying? So you can take different, different angles or different shots the way you're going to take it. If you hit a person with a judge, you only got to hit them one time. You hit a person with a nine, depending on where you hit them, you're going to have to hit them at least two times to stop them. And depending on who that assailant is, remember a lot of people, 
in big cities, they wear protective vests. Common everyday people walk around mm-hmm. with vests on in major cities. You know? So that tells you exactly how many times you got to shoot. I'm just of the opponent of have to fire my weapon in combat, shot, mm-hmm. shot the person twice, you know, and they just stuck with me. So that's, that's everything I do is, hey, two times, tap, tap, you know. Yeah. Even, if you're, even, even, even if you're in a regular shootout in your community, Lord forbid you have to. You never just let off a whole 30 round, 30 round clip. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Then shoot five times. Then one, two, three. You know, because you got to control your aim and control your trigger screens and control your burst. That's why we have so many right. innocent people getting shot in our communities. Because so many people got guns and so, and they are not trained on how to use that gun. So how much time would you hmm. say a person would need to have that, to learn that discipline? You know, I mean, like you said, you train and on, like, even with, I know you said women, but a lot of dudes, I just recently seen a video, and I know Nick and, and Alan and Jen probably seen it, young man at the shooting range with an AR, he's shooting in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the owner came over like, hey, man, what are you doing? So how much so training and how much thing, time do you think we need to take with that? I'll tell you, when it comes to weapon training, it's something that you got to continue to practice. And when you start dealing with AR, a lot of people, a lot of these young people, and uh, some older people are, are buying ARs and not putting no, no type of sights on them. Because if you don't got a sight on it, it's hard for you to tell where that round going. So some of them people, they think they're shooting low, but that bullet's going straight up, like you said, it's going straight up to the ceiling. Or the certain right. type of AR is automatically going to, when you start trying to do bursts, rapid fire, anything, the, the weapon that's going to manipulate itself, it's going to go up if you don't know how to control it. But I tell a person, NRA standards, you got to shoot um, five, 50 times, 50 rounds to get familiar with a weapon. But to get a person adjusted to the weapon, they need to be training for months on end. Why do you think one of the most in the military spend their time on training is weapons training? We do a lot of dry mm-hmm. firing before we do a lot of red, mm-hmm. a live firing. And you're going to do dry firing. Could you firing, explain dry firing? You're going to do dry firing that? for four hours before you touch the weapon. Right. Can you can you explain dry firing for our listeners that may not know that terminology? Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Apologize for that. Dry firing is when you just take the weapon, you take the the magazine, take all the bullets out the magazine, and you take take turns putting the magazine in there, selecting your target, getting a good sight picture. Sight picture is looking at what you want to shoot at, whether that be the chest, whether that be the center mass of the forehead, whether that be center mass of the chest, or whether that be um, center mass of the stomach. You get a good sight picture. You look at it. You close your eyes. Open your eyes up. Your, the back of the sight post with the two dots on any weapon. Then you got the front sight post. That front sight post should be lined up with the rear sight post. And then you squeeze the trigger. That's called dry firing. You do that several times. Then you go over the safety features of the weapon. Making sure it's on safe. Taking it off safe. Putting the magazine in. Taking the magazine out. You know what I'm saying? That's what we call dry firing. Firing a weapon with no uh, round actually in it. Hmm. Okay, okay. I hope so, you have a great day. I'm listening. Now, I was just letting our listeners know that the phone lines are open. Yeah, the phone lines are open. If uh, y'all have any questions uh, for our guest today, uh, you can dial 516-387-1542. Press that number one. We'll be glad to bring you in. I see we do got a lot of people listening online right now.
Y'all go ahead and call in because you know you want to know about these guns. You want to be able to shoot some, I mean, uh, shoot properly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and this is the question for the group. So, uh, you know, last week there was an article that was posted about the rise in black gun ownership. So, um, like, my next question, which I would like to ask the group is, you know, how involved should we be as far as black people with the political aspect of the Second Amendment rights? Because I'm pretty sure that, you know, we all see see things that, you know, that may occur with our government when, when you know, black people become, you know, uh, I guess you would say once we move up the ladder a little bit, some, there's always an obstacle or there's always something thrown at us. So how how much in you know, involved should we be uh, with the Second Amendment's right aspect as of right now? This is for anybody. Okay. I have an opinion on that. Can I get my opinion on that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. My, my opinion is we should be very involved. Very involved because a lot of people want to say we shouldn't have high-capacity magazines. We shouldn't have bus mm-hmm. stops. We have all these different things. Okay, when you give the government an inch, they're going to take a mile, okay? So mm-hmm. in saying that, the NRA, it's only been one time, one time in the history of the NRA have they ever supported weapons bans or controlling weapons. And y'all know what that was? Yep. That was when, when the Black Panther Party stood mm-hmm. up for themselves and protected the yep. community. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's yes, like sir. right now, with that, uh, excuse my language, with the not effing around crew, you know, they mm-hmm. had an accidental discharge. Three people were, were shot. They made a big deal about that. But how, you know how many times these militias have accidental discharge and shoot people when they're out there training or they call themselves preparing for a race war? You know what I'm saying? All so you never hear the NRA come up to say, or you never hear people talk about, we need gun control, gun control. Gun control is to reduce the protection and the confidence and stability of the African-American community. You know what I'm saying? We got to stand up for the Second Amendment, because that's the only thing that gives us rights to protect the playing field. You know what I'm saying? Because think about this. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to get off my soapbox. If we had weapons back in the days, our ancestors had more weapons than what they needed. And they weren't controlled by the Jim Crow law or the old Black Code law. A lot of things that happened wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened. They would have been able to defend themselves. Yeah. I agree. I surely agree. Now, you ain't on your soapbox, brother. Um, as far as even just dealing with uh, the NFA, um, I think they, they, they definitely, I think they need to brand themselves properly. I have no problem with the name. Uh, but I know one thing with the image of them being out and about, they're going to have to be tight. You know, they're going to have to make sure that they present themselves in a manner in which, uh, you know, other people will be welcoming to come and join them because, I think what they're talking, some of the philosophies as far as the training aspect, uh, somewhat of what we're talking about today, I think it would be a great thing if they had, just like with uh, 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 NAGA, we need to get more mm-hmm. uh, uh, gun training around the country, especially for our women, uh, for our young guy, young men, and our young girls. And I know we need to do that. Uh, are you familiar with NAGA? The National African American Gun Association. Yeah, I'm familiar with them, and they they huge in Atlanta. They real huge. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, reading that article is made is one of the reasons I started the firearms here in Gulfport. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a lot of people with guns. Do they know how to use the guns? Do they know what it takes to get qualified? Because in in Mississippi, right? 
you don't even have to have firearms paid to go get a concealed weapon uh, card. Right. All you have to do is mm-hmm. just not being a felon, go down to the DMV, fill out the paper, they will give you a basic firearm concealed carry. And you can legally carry it around from different states. I say it's good if you go to different states. If you stay in Mississippi, you really don't need it because we can constitutionally carry concealed or open carry in the state. But with that enhanced carry, guess what? You can go in anywhere with the section of a police station, a sheriff, sheriff department, or the courthouse. So you got that additional protection to make yourself feel safe. And at the end of the day, you can stop some other person from getting harmed because you are licensed to carry that firearm. So that's right. the best question you have to answer to somebody who don't have that. Right. I agree. Um, but um, but my my ahead, question yeah. is, what I have a question is that, you know, a lot of us see these videos, especially these racially charged videos. We look at, you know, these blogs. We look at these videos. And we immediately say, I wish I had a gun. And if this happened to me, I'm going to pull that gun and I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. I think that's a very dangerous thing for our people, you know, without the education. And to what would you say to people who think that they can just go pull their weapon if they find themselves in one of these racially charged situations? Because they might find themselves in prison for the rest of their life on shooting yeah, someone. Right. Um, what, what do yeah. we say to these people on those, that topic? Hey, one, one thing I say, be familiar with the laws. And um, I trained a, a young lady last week, and I explained that on that video I did with them telling her, Anytime you find yourself in the heat of an argument, that's not the time to go get a gun. Make sure the gun is always locked up. You know, if you somebody you got road rage, it's best for you to just keep on driving and not fire back. You know what I'm saying? Don't a gun. So I can't carry my gun while I'm driving. Extra, uh, extra, extra oomph to say, hey, I'm Superman for a day. <laughs> if you feel like that, you shouldn't even have a gun. You should possess a gun. You know, and these racist short videos. The racist charge videos is a narrative to try to intimidate African Americans. That that's most of what they're for. You know. So we, we have to do a thing called consideration of others and de escalation mm-hmm. and that's where gun safety come in at. And you tell you talk about the five important aspects of owning a firearm, what you should or should not do when you have a firearm. Because you know most people ask this question all the day. Why do military carry weapons every day? And they they some of the least ones that have negligent discharge. They they some the least ones to get into an altercation with a firearm because we respect firearms. We know what a firearm will do. A firearm is, is used for three purposes: to feed your family in the form of hunting, for recreational sports shooting, or to use it as an instrument or tool of war to project one's country dominance over another. Those are only three. And when you understand that, that helps you understand, okay, I got this, so I'm not at war. And I'm feeding my family or I'm protecting my family. So just got to get in uh, uh, the argument with Nick. Is Nick threatening my family? Nick not threatening my family. I don't need no firearm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I carry two firearms every day. On me. At all times, I got two guns on me all the time. Sometimes I forget That's I even got them on Unless I'm going into the courthouse and then I realize I got to take them out. You know, but every day I have two guns, and that, that's because for my protection. God spared me in Afghanistan, on the streets of Afghanistan and Iraq. And I'd be damned if I'm going to die on the streets of Mississippi because I'm fighting a flag or a monument. That's just the bottom line. You know, yeah. 
So I say everybody's different. I got um now one thing I want I heard you just speak about de escalation. Um could you give our listeners one tactic that they can use in any situation because I know I was just joking about me riding around with my gun in my car and road rage because out here in Georgia, you're going to cut somebody out every five minutes, depending on where you drive me, period. But the thing is, what is a good tactic in your training that you can tell our listeners right now about de-escalation? The best thing is, in the heat of the moment, take a brief pause. And take, sometimes you just got to say, man, are you serious right now? And what you, when you say, are you serious right now? Yes, you're asking them that question, but you're also giving your, your mind time to think of what you're doing. And the reason I say that because I'm dealing with a situation right now that happened last night down here in Gulfport where a young man had an altercation with his child's mother. And a young man went to the people's house and ended up discarding a firearm. You know, mm. and, and when they called me, to go help the young man turn himself in so the police wouldn't do nothing to him. He said, man, I wish I would have not thought it. I would just had a couple more seconds. I wish I'd do that. It's too late. Once you pull that trigger, it's too late. All these things you talk about now, you should have thought about that then. So you got to take a pause. When you find yourself getting really mad, it's best to walk mm. away. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's best to live another day than to go on and carry out what you're going to do. Because once you take someone else's life or offer someone's life, your life will be altered as well. Even if you're in the right, that's you right. will have to that's live right. and sleep with that. You know, that's, that's right. going to be on your mind. I like that. So mm-hmm. like I said, I like the this. best thing I like is to try to take 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 a take a breath or be like, man, are you serious right now? Do you really want to do this? And when you're saying that, it's kind of sarcastic, but you're giving yourself time to think. I like that. I think, like you said, yeah, okay. give you a second and kind of, yeah, sit back and kind of reflect on your actions for that moment because I, I know, and everybody in here know, if you get on that highway and you, you see somebody cut you off or somebody acting real stupid, you ain't going to be in your right mind for that moment. You might say, I'll be okay, but it, that that is a good moment and a good time to reflect on it by asking yourself that, are you serious right now? I like that. Very sure, Because y'all. think about this. But, but think, think about I'm, I'm gonna just say this like one thing we have to do we got to preserve life because if we right. allow them to kill us off or we kill all them off there's nobody gonna be on and be on earth for our children grandchildren and keep life going we we have to start appreciating life you know and we don't appreciate life things happen but I tell you with this firearms are important. Firearms are needed. Firearms does not constitute the end ways and means. What a firearm does, a firearm levels the playing field and keeps you and your family and the stuff you work hard for in a better position. And that's what I got to say about that. Man, we like definitely it. appreciate you, Mr. Hullum. Um, great information that you gave our listeners and ourselves today. Um, we definitely want you to um, – can you uh, put your information out there again about your about your program, your training course, um, and if someone wanted to join your uh, training course, how would they get in contact with you? Yes, we have um, Hullum's Mobile Firearm Training Academy. 
And another thing, real quick, well, I'm going to say, well, we made it a mobile problem because I want to be able to train anybody in the state of Mississippi. North Mississippi needs help. So I want to be able to go up there and train them. And the reason we got it, and I'm holding off on giving full classes the next week, because I want the mm-hmm. insurance. So if I go to Jackson, if I go to Starkville or any small town in Mississippi, I'm going to come to their community. I'm going to train them. We're going to go to a local range. Or if they, they own acreage, we'll go out there and teach them how to shoot. When we leave, get them a certificate. They take it to the DMV, and they're concealed license carry. Or they've just been trained how to manipulate their weapon and keep themselves safe and their family safe. You know, so if a person oh, oh. want to contact me, if, if, if a person want to contact me, you know, I give my my cell number, which is 228-383-4989. You know, or they can hit me up on Facebook at um, Jeffrey Holden the Third on Facebook, you know, and that's how, like, I'm a simple person. I'm real simple, easy going. And if a person needs training, I'll train won't even charge them. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't about the money with me. It's all about making sure all people are trained, educated, and certified. Because we got to yes, protect ourselves. You know, and that's how it is. And, Mr. Holland, could you say that number slow one more time for our listeners that may have to scramble and get a pen just in case they want to get in contact with you? Yes. Two two eight. It's two two eight three eight three four nine eight nine. All right. Now, if you need to contact the North Mississippi, we'll get with uh, Nick Eaton, and uh, we got somebody in North Mississippi. If you want to spread uh, your wings in Northeast Mississippi, the Columbus Starksville area, so we definitely know one person. <laughs> We're not necessarily one person. Yeah. We know a person that know people. Uh, and mm-hmm. I would love to uh, connect you two together because I think that would be a great thing uh, for the surrounding areas, for our people to be able to get out, uh, get the proper training that. and have the proper uh, mm-hmm. uh, things to be able to conceal that weapon and, and, and be properly trained. So uh, we definitely correct. need to reach out to you about that. And uh, shout out to our man, uh, Doe Belly Stray. Uh Y'all know who I'm talking about. So, yes, mm-hmm. we would love to make sure we link y'all up. Uh, but, uh, Mr. Hollum, we do appreciate you for your time today. Uh, this informative show, I was listening brother. while I wasn't in. But, yeah, thank you for your service, too. And uh, thank Nick Eaton for bringing you on. Uh, so yeah, we do appreciate you. Well, you. Well, this is a, a huge asset to our community. Yes, sir. We sure appreciate it. Yes, all right. Thank you all. All right. All right. Appreciate hey. it. Oh, man. A lot of information, Man, a whole lot of information, man. Appreciate Nick for bringing them on. I got in a little late today, so I missed the whole talk about uh, Miss no, uh, Harris. Doing it. So I'm, I'm gonna leave doing it. Uh, well, let's, huh? let's talk about let, let's let's talk about something else, man. Let's talk about. Okay. Let's oh, talk we about talk about it, but we gotta have a full. Like we gotta have everybody here <laughs> yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, y'all know what I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm listening while I'm riding. Now, don't think I didn't hear y'all. You know what? You know what? We may need to save this for the uh, for the Patreon, bro. All right, we can do that. So if you want I to get do in that. on this, but if if you want to hear this conversation that we was having about Kamala Harris, um, you know, potential future vice president Kamala Harris, um, we will possibly have something on our Patreon about that, man. Um, I definitely want to hear some more from Kevin. Oh, well, and I, Nick, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, just, 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 just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need y'all on that. Yeah. 
Gucci <laughs> Man, yeah. All right, man. Great show, hey. great information. Um, what matter of fact, we got this anniversary show still coming up too. Uh, and uh, it's I, I know Nick normally has a black podcast like he normally say. You can't get this nowhere. Not CNN, not Fox, no other media outlet. Make sure you support black media. Uh, That's right. Anywhere you see it, anywhere you hear it, make sure you tune into it and be a part of it. I hate to do this part because I never do it as smooth as y'all do stuff. So I just want to put that out there. So in case he wasn't able to say it. Well, look, man, we're a black podcast, and we definitely appreciate all our listeners and viewers. Make sure that you yeah. share our shows, man. Definitely this yes. show. Definitely share this show. Part one to this particular uh, topic was May 10th, so if you definitely want to go back and listen to that show, just scroll back through our um, Middleman Talk Show feed on any podcast app, and you can check out Black Gun Ownership Part 1. Uh, great discussion on that particular topic as well, too. Um, and Part 2, man, like, man, just added more to it. Like, you know, I'm definitely going to go and take, you know, some more training because my wife and I definitely want to become more experienced, more comfortable, um, you know, with that. So, uh, right. man, one question, I appreciate man. the information. One question. One question I really hate we could not ask. I wanted to ask him what he really thought about 25s. I know a lot of people love to talk bad about 22s and 25s. But I'm going to tell you like this. <laughs> they can kill you, too. So, I mean, yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong yeah, with them. Nothing course. wrong with them. It's a great starter gun. Uh, but but you know, I, I, my, my question that I wanted to ask was, you know, what scares me. <laughs> y'all excuse the background. What scares me <laughs> is like, uh, uh, <laughs> um, what's his name? Castro. Was it um, um, the guy Fidel? that was sitting in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fidel. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he well, informed Fidel. the officer that he had a concealed and carry license and he had a weapon in the car and yet he was Philando, uh, and that scared yeah, me about right. gun ownership that, that, that right that, there was a that, scared cop that's real. on a bad day yeah that that's real Jimmy. but you that don't know so cop. if I'm a gun if I'm a gun owner I don't know who is approaching me and me doing the lawful mm-hmm. thing and informing someone, hey, I have this weapon legally. Hey, right. I have this. Right. I yet to, I right. could still be killed. And I think that well, is a know, lot of people, especially people of color's apprehension with owning weapons mm-hmm. that is because correct. of that the stigma correct. and the fear that comes with African-Americans owning weapons. And and I and I think that that's what scares me. And I don't want to be killed because you don't know if it's a scared cop or good cop or who whomever's coming to your door. And and yeah. you could be killed by it. I well, agree, man. That is that is a concern. That's definitely a concern. I think we got one caller before we go ahead and shut everything down. Uh, caller calling from Skype. Uh, you live with the middleman. What's your question or uh, comment? Hey, how you doing? Uh, this is the Universe Galaxy from YouTube. I actually have a popular page. How are you guys? Hey, what's all right. How are you? Hey, doing good. Now, I know your program is about to close down, but it's probably not enough time. I just found your program randomly, and I was just wondering, um, do mm-hmm. you take phone calls for all topics, or is it only staying on topic? Well, um, if it's uh, in relation yeah. to the topic of discussion that we're having for today, we definitely talk about uh, a various groups of topics on you know our show, but um each show that we do is is particularly related to the topic that we're discussing for today. So um but yeah, we definitely appreciate you uh calling in and check us out next Sunday 
Oh, yeah, ter- sure. uh, before you go, um, uh, before you go, uh, I'd like to have you guys on as a guest on my program. Um, you don't have to, obviously. Would you guys be interested in the future to come on my program then? Sure. Can you send us sure. an email with your information? Sure. I'll just give it to you real quick. I know you have to wrap it up. So my email is water at galaxyhit.com. Again, water at galaxyhit.com. Just in case the connection is bad, I know you, I don't want you guys to miss it. Water at galaxyhit.com. One more time, water at galaxyhit.com. Got you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate uh, you. It's very nice of you to take the, uh, to spend time on this. Uh, right. uh, stay safe. You're welcome. Thank you. Later. All right, you too. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, so next Sunday we have a great show for you guys that's listening out there. Make sure you tune in to the Middleman Talk Show. Um, I don't have my calendar pulled up. Do we have that next topic? You got your calendar pulled up there, Adam? I do not. My apologies, man. And I should know it. No, anyway, it's all good. It's going to be a great topic. It's going to be fun. Great show. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway. That's but hey, um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and close everything down. I want to give a shout out to Derail and uh, all the people out there that's listening, Grind Entertainment, uh, Grind Entertainment and all the other people that's listening right now. Uh, shouts out to all of our veterans, all of our military people out there. So we uh, want to show love to y'all and uh, Tune in next time. Yeah, like shout out to uh, go ahead and tell. Shout out to Cotton King, also Lord Fader that beard, uh, also Miss One. We appreciate y'all. Most definitely. And we have. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.